I have with me a honored and special guest, Eric Longbox Review. Hi, Eric. Hey, Damien. Thanks for um, uh, thanks for having me on. This this is <laughs> this is. I know it's going to be great. So it's already starting out very well. Oh, yes. So very amusing. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome everybody. It's another episode of Never Stay Dead. This one is, I guess, kind of a fill-in episode. Matt wasn't available, and I just happened to have this great conversation with an old comic book friend, and I thought it was worth sharing. So, as they say, without any further ado, let's get back to the conversation. I um, I sometimes call you the pod father because uh, <laughs> you're the one who made me want to do a podcast, <laughs> even though I was just complaining about podcasting to you. <laughs> Well, you know, podcasting is a, a love it or hate it proposition. So believe me, I understand the frustration uh, that, that uh, you can sometimes have just from the editing of audio only. Yes, uh, the editing. Oh, the my editing, gosh. The editing. If, if only I w- were a little more uh, well-spoken, pub- a better public speaker, <laughs> maybe I wouldn't have to edit so much. But uh, alas, here I am. Anyway, that's all to say that Eric has a fantastic, generally comic book related uh, podcast called Long Box Review. If you haven't checked it out yet, you should check it out. And today we are going to talk about a, was it 1984 miniseries called Jack of Hearts, mm-hmm. written by Bill Mantelo and drawn by... Um, so yeah, written by Mantelo, art by George Freeman, who's a um, Canadian artist we don't see too often, and then the colorist was Nick Burns. I thought that was worth mentioning because I like the color in this comic, and I I picked it up because I happened to see a full set of it available cheaply at my comic book store right after Eric posted the four issue set on his Twitter feed. What made you pick up Jack of Hearts? <laughs> <laughs> well, so this is this. So uh, in in the the communications we were having in preparation for this this discussion, Damien, this was one of the things that I was was saying. This is such a bizarre journey or bizarre situation. This this Jack of Hearts series, because I was aware of this four issue miniseries when it was coming out in late eighty three, early eighty four, right? Um, but I never picked it up probably because I didn't have enough money to buy whatever it was I was subscribed to at that time and this other miniseries. And, 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 you know, as you, you showed that, that first cover, yeah, that Jack of Hearts, <laughs> that, that first issue cover image is so cool. It is, it is. You know, it's the, I, I love, I love the, the logo. Uh, I love that real, uh, action orient, you know, superhero action oriented uh, pose of Jack of Hearts, you know, in space with all those wonderful differing colors, the pinks, the greens, you know, the oranges, the blues. It's it's just it's so striking. Yeah, and it is a cool cover. And and so I, you know, all these decades later, it's something that kept coming up uh, just over the course of you know um, thinking about comics and and seeing people discuss it. Uh, on on various blogs uh, over the years and on Twitter, especially recently, uh, uh, there there's been a few uh, folks that you know were posting uh, were, or had been posting things about uh, uh, Marvel and DC miniseries. 
uh, Peter Rios, uh-huh. and I have had discussions ourselves about miniseries. In fact, he on his uh, the Daily Rios podcast had uh, uh, this is I don't know uh, within the last few years anyway had done a series of episodes about those those miniseries that he fell in love with, uh, you know, from the eighties. And then, like I said, he and I have had some conversations privately right. about about these miniseries. I'm like, why have I never bought this? You know, it's something that interested me. Like I said, I love that cover. Why did I, why have I waited all this time to buy this series? And so finally, like I said, it was in the zeitgeist, so to speak. And 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 I, you know, people I follow that I like on on Twitter were talking about it. So it's like I'm gonna buy it. I found I found the copies pretty cheap from from an online store and and yeah I, I I just had to get it and then I read it <laughs> <laughs> well and I now that you mention it and I think the reason I bought it was because I this cover this cover of the first issue was kind of burned into my memories from the uh, 83 84 period and mm-hmm. I may have been low on money at that time because I think this must have come out right when I graduated from college um, so I was just starting at my first low-paid job but but also miniseries were kind of an exciting thing back then. Now we get miniseries oh, yeah. all the time, but it was a special event when there was a miniseries. Yeah, the 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 uh the early to mid 80s and and you know a little bit into the 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 late 80s as well was to me like this this golden age of miniseriesdom uh <laughs> from Marvel and DC and and other publishers as well. But it's just like there was like this explosion of these three to four issue miniseries, sometimes longer, right. uh, but mostly mostly four issue miniseries. It's like exploring these 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 often, you know, second, third, maybe even fourth tier characters uh, or, or even even um, first tier characters who may not had uh, may not may not have had their own series at that time. Yeah. And yeah. so, yeah, it's like all these bizarre, wonderful little uh um explorations of these characters uh that showed up in these these miniseries and and i have quite a few of those from from back then uh but for some reason uh jack of hearts was not in my collection until recently yeah and i'm not sure why jack of hearts got its own special miniseries (laughs) (laughs) i I had the same question like i'm thinking the earliest miniseries i can think of uh were things like Wolverine and Kitty Pride, you know, X Men related ones. Mm-hmm. There was uh, Wanda, uh, or uh, you know, the Vision and the Scarlet Witch, and there mm-hmm. was Cloak and Dagger. So they were kind of fan favorites, usually that got a miniseries that may or may not have been able to hold their own mm-hmm. and a full length series. I'm trying to think of. I know that DC did some miniseries too, but I'm trying to remember what they were. I, I can't at the moment. Oh, there's there yeah, there's a ton of them. Uh, Hawk and Dove was a miniseries that might have been later than uh, the later eighties. They started off with you know like Superman related stuff, the world of Krypton. I yeah, now that now that we're talking about it, I can't remember all the ones that I have. There was there was like a series of solo Teen Titans books, like each one got their own issue. Tail the the very first what you know what, what we refer to as volumes the first volume of tales of the new right. teen titans was that four issue spotlight of those new titans you know cyborg exactly. raven starfire right. um changeling you know although he's <laughs> he's technically a, a, a an older character or a, you know a previous character but but yeah yeah that was one of my very favorites uh back then as well yeah i really remember enjoying that miniseries 
Um, Secret, Secrets of the Legion of Superheroes was uh, one uh-huh. of the first tales of, of the Green Lantern Corps. Now they're starting to come back to me. <laughs> <laughs> and I think they were all like little golden nuggets for the more hardcore fan. And mm-hmm. it all came about because there were now comic book stores and it wasn't just the newsstand. Um, where the, in newsstand distribution, they liked that there were high numbers on magazines. They felt it was a sign of stability or something. Yeah, exactly. And the uh, comic book specialty market that developed, you know, wanted the fan favorites and was perfectly fine with a four-issue miniseries. And number mm-hmm. ones were a big deal there, too. So, so yeah, I was I, – it was something that I probably could have bought a long time ago, but uh, – but it took you on Twitter to make me realize, oh, wait, yeah, that would be cool. And then at the same time, just seeing the the whole set available for like six bucks or something. Yeah. Made yeah. me jump on it. The uh, The other interesting thing is this has never been reprinted. And you can't get it digitally, at least mm-hmm. not legally digitally. Um, I haven't <laughs> yeah. checked. the. So for whatever reason, um, you have to find the back issues. That kind of makes it more fun, but maybe more obscure. Well, and and it's interesting too uh, that you say that because uh, I've I've gone on a little uh, slight binge of of uh, back issue buying, and most of the stuff that I'm buying, I think, yeah, 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 uh, are miniseries. Uh, besides the Jack of Hearts miniseries, I recently purchased uh, the Aerosmith six issue miniseries. Oh yeah, because um, that was much later, but yeah, that was oh, yeah, kind yeah, of yeah. standout. Exactly, but the, the the first two issues are on the the DC Universe Infinite app, but not the not the remaining four. Oh, and, that's nuts! <laughs> which right? It, that, that totally doesn't make any sense. Why would they only have two issues of the six issue run? Yeah, I um, so I I finally decided, you know what? Screw this! I'm gonna just buy the issues. And why 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 am I waiting for DC Comics to to give me uh, those digital issues? And then, and then, uh, just, just, uh, what, uh, yesterday, two days ago, as we're recording this, Damien, I, I pulled the trigger and, um, bought, uh, Gem, Son of, Son of Saturn, which is, a, uh, I think a 12 issue miniseries that came out, uh, I think in the mid to late eighties. Yeah, um, Gene Cullen artwork. I can't remember mm-hmm. who wrote that. I've never mm-hmm. read it, but I yeah, always I can't, eyed I it. Can't remember either. And then also relating to Jack of Hearts is kind of like this weird, you know, one-off character type thing is is the Gargoyle miniseries. Oh, wow. I completely <laughs> forgot about that. And, and I believe uh, both of those, well, well, Aerosmith had a trade paperback, but I could not, I could not find it anywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think those other two miniseries have not been collected as well. So yeah, it's, it's a very interesting segment of DC and Marvel Comics publishing where they are horribly and and in a what am I trying to say here not doing the fans a, a good service by not right. collecting these things right yeah you know? or just in the case of just reprinting digitally two out of four other <laughs> stupid things like that. I know right totally bizarre yeah and it is fun to pick up a complete set and um, and to have them in individual issues um, mm-hmm. so in a way although there was something I really like the art in these comics and I would like to see them reprinted on nicer paper mm. if that oh, yeah. ever could happen. Yeah. I, I don't know what, how, uh, what the, the, um, quality of the issues that you have, but, the you know, mine are definitely in the lower tier of, uh, the grading system. <laughs> uh-huh. Mine might be, you know, fives or whatever, but 
maybe even sixes, some of them. But what? But my real issue is the um, the quality on the paper. Mm. Oh yeah. The, on some of these, the and I think there were issues in the late '70s and early '80s with the kind of printing presses they used. And so sometimes you get a lot of a, a vague blurriness to the black lines. Mm, mm-hmm. I found that a lot here, but this artist, George Freeman, has really nice line work. So I would like to see it more crisply. But that's that's one of my obsessions with <laughs> comic book art. I like the really crisp lines. Yeah. Well, and I'll add to that, because uh, this is one of the things I noticed about this series, is uh, I think the paper and the printing process back then really lent itself to kind of muddying the colors mm-hmm. quite a bit. Uh, you know, it, it also just may be the age of my copy of, of these comics and, and how, you know, that this, this kind of paper just kind of breaks down. It would, you know, this is yes. not the, as, the acid free paper that we have today. Right. Uh, so yeah, it, uh, I, the it's ink hard to slowly say. over the years, I think spreads through the, mm. the pulpy paper. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, and I'm told by someone who used to work in comics, uh, Jared Osborne, who, who has a YouTube channel, that I think it was Jared who said it, that there was a period where they switched from like metal plates to plastic plates for the printing oh, process. Mm-hmm. I've heard and about this. later in the print run, the plastic plate would start wearing down. Yeah. And so some of your issues will have black areas that look splotchy and things like that. Mm-hmm. Or the, or the, um, the black type... The uh, not type the uh, the the fonts the lettering you'll notice where it gets blurry is because maybe the the printing printing plate was worn out. But I also have noticed that my comics from the early seventies actually look clearer than my comics from the late seventies. So mm-hmm. that may also be the result of those metal plates versus the plastic. Yeah, plates. yeah. Anyway, that's deep into the weeds, but um. So I thought I I just. We'll we'll do a general overview of what's going on in the Jack of Hearts, and then we'll talk about issue by issue because it does take weird twists and turns. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so there will be spoilers. So the Jack of Hearts is this fellow named Jack Hart. I I have not read. There were some previous appearances of Jack of Hearts, mm-hmm. and I think he started in a kung fu black and white kung fu magazine, The Deadly Hands of Kung Fu Number Twenty Two. It's even possible I have that magazine, but I, I had no. <laughs> I was going to ask you go hunt it up because I <laughs> my my collection is in such chaos at the moment. So anyway, what we know from this series, and and Eric, if you know more, is that he his father invented this fluid called the zero fluid, and he, in some kind of attempt to save someone's life or some something, I forget now, he fell into a vat of zero fluid, mm-hmm. and it all absorbed into his body. So there's no more zero fluid in the world except inside him. And it makes him incredibly powerful on kind of a Superman level almost. Not really Superman level, but on some kind of huge cosmic level. Um, and and the power builds up inside of him. And it's like he's going to explode and cause damage. And at the beginning of the uh, comic of the series, he's trying to kill himself. And he doesn't succeed. He's trying to just explode. And then... Um, S.H.I.E.L.D. picks him up, and in the mansion where his family's mansion, they um, have him in these, they're, they're kind of monitoring him and have him in these containment centers and um, to, uh, trying to figure out how to 
cure him of this energy problem, I guess. And then aliens attack. And uh, As they he, do. Breaks, he breaks free and fights the aliens. And then uh, his old girlfriend reveals herself to be an alien. It turns out that he is half alien, a contraxian, I think they're called. Mm-hmm. And contraxia, kind of like Krypton, is a dying world. Only it's dying for a slightly more scientifically realistic reason, which is that its sun is going cold. And they've been searching the universe for some way to cure this problem. And so there were a peaceful people, but then the um, the person, one of their generals or whatever he is, uh, decides to take more decisive action. So he wants to kidnap Jack of Hearts to force him to uh, revitalize their son. Although Jack has agreed to do it, he kidnaps him and brings him to Contraxia. Now we're somewhere into issue two. And uh, I don't know, stuff just happens. <laughs> we keep going back and forth with this thing of uh, that he's willing to help them. And then they discover the only way to do it is for him to die doing it. And then he agrees to do it. But at the same time, the the evil general and some other people get together and uh, kidnap him anyway to force him to do it. Mm -hmm. And there's someone even more evil kind of working with the general who then kills the wise women who run the world and blames it on him. And then they take him to the sun and I'm kind of forgetting everything that happened, but let, maybe we can leave it there. But eventually uh, he does save the sun and things end semi-tragically, not entirely tragically. Well, yeah. And and I, I'll just add that, that, yeah, that ending was really interesting given that this is a, a, you know, quote unquote superhero character Right. Uh, and 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 uh, well, I'm, well, I'm sure we'll get into the details, but but the series really does end with him going off into space and he's kind of uh, a, a cosmic level superhero now in the Marvel Universe at right. the end of this. So that was he's kind of a god. He's yeah, like a god. Yeah. And well, and literally the text in <laughs> in that last issue refers to him as unto a god. So, right. Uh, yeah, that's that was. Yeah, this this series really had some interesting meanderings i'll just say that uh throughout so yeah it was it was it was it was interesting <laughs> that's all that's yeah, the only, I, I'd only say term i, I admire use. on the conceptual level and not mm-hmm. so sure about on the actual application yes yes exactly the other the interesting thing like they were like starting in issue one they he refers to himself as a superhero people refer to him as a superhero but he seems just like a suicidal kid who's emotionally all over the place yeah yeah, Jack Hart is is uh, probably one of the biggest faults of this series <laughs> as a character, you know, because he's he is all over the place. Uh, you know, like, like you said, he wants to. I don't. know, Do, do, do we want to get into the specifics now, or, or do you sure? Wanna, yeah, let's go ahead. We can look, take a closer look at issue one. Yeah, and so yeah, like you said, he starts off uh, wanting to kill himself and and is not successful at it, and he's petulant. Because he wants to kill himself, but he can't kill himself, and he's he's irritated with Shield for trying to keep him cooped up and controlled, and not letting him kill himself. I guess, and you know, and 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 then, and then uh, his his old his old college girlfriend Marcy shows up, uh, <laughs> wanting to help him, and right. he he's like, no, get you know you 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 uh, I I can't remember he disappeared on her or she disappeared on him. I can't remember. 
right. which one. But you know, he's he's all like, uh, I I don't want your help. But then later he's like, you want to help me? Oh, okay. <laughs> you know, it's just <laughs> he he's he's very well, much like his his dual face or, or skin construction when he turns into Jack of Hearts, where he's got one side that's kind of this purplish black, and the other is is you know normal human. Uh, 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 white white skin. He's got this weird dual duality personality type stuff. So I I, I kind of wonder, Damien. They didn't really touch on this in the series, right. but does Jack Hart, I, as a result of being exposed to the zero fluid, and then later we find out that you know part of part of his uh, part of the reason why he is as powerful as he is is that the zero fluid interacted with his contraxian genetic makeup and right. and and whatnot so maybe he's suffering from a neurological condition that right. they don't the really get into personality kind of thing yeah, yeah that exactly. would have been a way to go exactly so especially in this first issue it the writing is incredibly overwrought oh boy is it ever and I can't remember if Bill Mantelow was always that way. He's not a writer. I read a lot of Bill Mantelow comics as a kid and as a young adult, but I don't. He doesn't stand out in my memory a whole lot. Mm, no, um, he was often writing things, you know, like Marvel Two in One or Rom the Space Knight. I think he also um, had had uh, he did some issues featuring this character. So this is so you know this Jack of Hearts was created by him and and Keith Giffen did. Did the original visual of the character oh, okay. in in that um, uh, deadly, deadly hands of kung fu, and then whatever is it appears that uh, Mr. Mantlow what in whatever I a comic he was writing at the time, including uh, a run on the Incredible Hulk and Iron Man, where um, uh, Jack of Hearts seemed to be more of a, a protege of Tony Stark's. Mm -hmm. uh, Mantlow would would introduce uh, the Jack of Hearts. Uh, in in those comics and so he just kind of I, I my sense is and i tried to find some like interviews uh with with matt Lowe to see if 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 any any of this these these uh thoughts of mine had any merit right. uh, but i but I, I couldn't really find anything uh but it, it seems to me that mr matt Lowe was just trying to push this character that he created <laughs> uh as much as he possibly could but I, I I really don't understand why Marvel agreed to publish this four issue miniseries. I, I, I don't I, I don't get it. Maybe it was because he was so eager, and they just sort of said, "Okay, well, let's give it a shot." Their miniseries <laughs> are selling right now. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, and I kind of feel like Manilo, like he's in love with the character, but he doesn't quite know what he wants to say about him yet, and he's yeah figuring it out on the page. Oh yes, that that is exactly how I read that first issue. We do get a little bit of um, exposition in here, and and come to find out that what directly preceded this miniseries uh, was uh, his uh, Jack of Hearts appearance in Marvel Team Up number one thirty four, which I, I I don't have that issue, but um, I did read online from the uh super mega monkeys marvel comics chronology uh page <laughs> uh that <laughs> that they oh yeah and oh i and i, I just like this page where it shows a lot yes. of his previous adventures i love i love how um george freeman constructed that that page that's actually in my notes uh to talk about because i i just i it was one of the the better images uh i think in that first issue 
Mm-hmm. But um, like I said, uh, Marvel Team Up 134, uh, when Jack of Heart, uh, Hearts appears in that, there's actually apparently there was a blurb at the end of the issue saying that the Jack of Hearts miniseries was was soon to be published. So they already had that planned out, and and was trying to tie this in. And and um, uh, so I, you know, I, I that's something I've always liked about Marvel Comics, especially back in in that, this time period, was that they really cross promoted. And right. and uh, had all these characters appearing in this comic and that comic, and and the editors were really good about letting us know, hey, if you want to know more about this, go pick up this issue of this comic. And right. so I I really like that. Right, but back then it seemed less cynical than it does now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like now it's like you have to buy these twenty <laughs> comics to get the whole story. Back That's then true. Like, if you like this character, you can go find more. Well, see when they when they decided to go with the, or, or or promote checklists for the readers, that that's probably when they went too far uh, uh-huh. in in terms of cross promotion. Instead of just right. little you know uh, editorial captions on the page. Yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, so it almost seems like during the course of the issue, his personality keeps shifting. Yeah. Is he angry? Is he regretful? Is I mean, you can sort of see how suicidal, <laughs> suicidal. You can see how Manilow's trying to figure it all out, and mm-hmm. uh, and and the writing at times seems to uh, reflect that. And I now can't find a good sample of that. But I also wonder how much the Marvel method plays into this. Mm. Like he gave he gave George Freeman presumably presumably they did this the marvel method a loose plot of what should happen in issue 1 George Freeman draws it and then Manilo gets the pencils back and uh then figures out what the dialogue should be and the letterer puts it then in and then they ink the whole story that that mm-hmm. would be the way comics used to be made back then mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. um so he may have just had George Freeman do a bunch of stuff and then kind of added a lot of this overwrought writing as he was trying to figure out. And here's the, for me, the kicker. I don't think he knew that Marcy wasn't human and that Jack was half alien in the first issue. I feel it, like this story was going somewhere else. It's certainly, I, 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 I took it the same way. It certainly seems like that, that he had something else in mind and then changed it really quickly after right. Uh, producing the the outline or the, the the plot of issue one for the artist, because we even have things where Marcy's just learning about things, and I can see how his parents' research could be considered vital to national security. But they were watching Jack and I from the day we met until the day he disappeared. They saw every that's the shield she's talking about, but she wouldn't be thinking about things this way if she was an alien who knew what was going on all along. Although she does say to Jack uh, something about his mother, or or does she actually even say his mother's people? I can't remember which one it was. This I think this is right before the attack. Yeah, here we go. The, I you know curiously, uh, it just uh, it occurred to me, Damien. Remember there used to be page numbers in comics. Yes, but but this miniseries doesn't have page numbers. Yeah. At, at some is, point, they dropped. They used to put a little page number in the corner, mm-hmm. and they dropped that. I think sometime in the I don't know, early eighties maybe or late. Oh, 70s. I I was I was thinking it was much later than that. I was yeah. because I was surprised to see that there were no page numbers in this this comic published in nineteen eighty three, 
But uh, anyway, um, I've, she, I, I'm not sure when they stopped doing that. It may this, have varied by the artist. This is the page that I'm talking about in, in, in the issue right before the uh, literally right before the aliens attack. And uh, Marcy's okay, saying there are other there are others whose understanding of such power is much greater. Your mother's people. And oh. and uh, uh, so then then they attack. So it seems like he uh, Matlow was going this way, but. But uh, but, you're given, right. You're right. but given what you just you know what you just uh, pointed out earlier you know a few pages earlier, it it would suggest that this was not on his mind. So maybe that 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 bit of dialogue that I just referenced maybe that was added after uh, after it was he, drawn after he got an inkling of where he wanted to go with this perhaps, yeah. or maybe he did know. In which case he's just not as good of a writer because he's <laughs> yeah yeah. Because he's just made such a garbled, confused story in this first issue. So, <clears throat> I've, in the first issue, what kept me going was the art. I really, I just have oh, a particular yeah. affinity for this artist, who I remembered very fondly just from reading a few issues of Captain Canuck in the early '80s. Ah, see, I've never read any of that, so uh, yeah. he's he's not a well-known artist. He he did not produce a large body of work. Hmm. And he moved on to being more of an inker and a colorist a few years after this. Okay. Well, I like I said uh, that one page that you showed of uh, like that that the, right, the history that shot recap right? of his Marvel. Yeah, that, I mean that lo that just looks cool. Uh, I love his Spider Man in that. The you know this might have to do, have to do more with the colorist of this issue, but you know the that that uh, kind of. Uh, Jack of Hearts is his face in shadow on that page, mm -hmm. um, but 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 to Freeman, um, I have to say I he was hit or miss for me. Okay, um, uh, I really liked how he constructed a lot of his panels, the the composition of the panels. Mm -hmm. He would he would often do things from a from a, a, a at that time I think an unusual angle, a camera angle, right, right. Um, but then, you know, a lot of the characters' faces, like um, the shield agent that is trying to help him, I can't remember his name. Is it the one oh. who's also the butler and the agent? Yeah. Yeah. yeah agent. I agree. Like, there's an example of him not looking so good. Um, is that the one? I, here's here's, here's my guy with the mustache. Yeah. Martins. Right. Yeah. So, um, and, and I can see what you mean there. Yeah. And and some of the line work, in fact, from the very first page here, you know th that image of Jack of Hearts' face is just kind of weirdly constructed to me. Yeah, I see what you mean there too. Um, his, his style really reminds me. Well, I, what I saw was uh, like a a mix of who did I who did I put in here? Yeah, here we go. He uh, sometimes would would remind me of Ditko. Uh, uh -huh. Inf Infantino, Ernie Cologne, and a bit of, and this may have more to do with the coloring, uh, a bit of uh, uh, Gene Colan. Mm -hmm. And so it was this weird kind of Frankenstein-y mixture of art styles in, in this entire run. Um, but at the same time, in other, other uh, pages, you know, like I said, it's really cool. You know, he's got yeah. Here's here's one of the bad guys that you were talking about earlier. 
this is he on Earth. He's known as uh, Mr. S- Smith or Smythe. I don't know how how we would pronounce that. But I I just love the construction there of of mm-hmm. this gentleman's face, and and uh, Freeman is very consistent with a lot of the other characters, not necessarily yeah. Jack, which I thought was interesting. <laughs> yeah, it does seem he maybe consistency with faces is sometimes a problem for him. Like I love uh, layouts like that one there mm-hmm. with her just thinking and he's made yeah. it interesting with the photographs and stuff. And on the very first page, I, I agree with you that that initial face here is not that great, but then I feel like this larger panel is a wonderful mm-hmm. panel. Um, and it does, you're right about like, the, I hadn't thought of the Ernie Cologne connection but there is something there of ernie colon or colon there and he also reminds me of of early um early joe staten when joe staten had more of a Mm -hmm. interesting style yeah yeah um and i do think i think the art maybe gets better in future issues I, i came into it you know being a fan of this artist already so i was looking for the better panels and ignoring the less good panels yeah i Um, i I, I think you're very right about the faces I don't. I don't want to suggest that uh, uh, Mr. Foreman or Freeman is is not a good artist. Uh, it's just that right. there there does seem to be some. Yeah, I, I don't know if it's inconsistency or just just you know choices that he makes that that from my uh, uninformed eye does not quite compute. Yeah. No, I think you're. I think you're right. Uh, uh, and I especially see it in the faces being kind of a weakness at times. Um. Marcy, like it seemed odd, but I guess it does kind of like why would Shield bring in his ex girlfriend? I guess they just think he needs to be emotionally controlled. Um, but then when we find out in the next issue that she is an alien sent basically to watch him, why did she break up with him? Yeah, they haven't seen each other in a while. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, it, it, you know, in story. Uh, her explanation to him as to why they have been separated all this time is that uh, she had to, you know, graduate to get her physics degree, um, then be vetted by S.H.I.E.L.D. to be allowed to do this. Uh, but if you're an alien scientist, as as she turns out to be, I don't know, I just, it, you know, this, this is, you know, obviously this is just um, Matlow's way of tying the previous continuity of this character who was a supporting character in the Spider-Man comics. Uh, I think she debuted in one of the Peter Parker spectacular Spider-Man oh, she issues. Was. Okay. Mm-hmm. Oh, so she this was, is more of that tying all of Marvel together. Yeah. 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 And she was also uh, in that, that previously mentioned Marvel team up issue where we suddenly, you know, it's, it's revealed to us uh, in typical Marvel style that the, uh, both Marcy and Jack had this relationship earlier uh, in their lives. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, it's all Marvel, uh, continuity craziness that I, that I love. I love this kind of yeah, stuff. It is fun. Yeah. So maybe I'm just being too harsh on it. Cause I was thinking that the fact that they'd broken up and hadn't seen each other in a while was a super red herring in mm-hmm. terms of, but if it's trying to fit her into the whole Marvel continuity in general, then I should be more understanding of it. Well, but you know, it is the whole, the whole thing is a bit kludgy. Uh, in the way that he Matt Lowe is trying to hammer all these these pieces in, you know, all these all these square pegs into round holes, right? Uh, to to get to to what? 
what is the purpose of this story for this character? That's that's the thing I kept coming back to is like, well, you know, at the beginning he's he's suicidal. And then at the end, there, I mean, there is some character growth there, but yeah. it's it's so slim um, in terms of actual what's actually there on the page, because even up to the point of that final issue, he's like, you know, screw you, Contraxians. You you uh, you wanted to kill me to save your son um, uh, at the point. He doesn't really have a choice, but then there's there's a sacrifice that happens and uh then suddenly he's 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 very much the hero and willing to sacrifice himself again as you mentioned earlier um he he vacillates between you know wanting to kill himself not wanting to kill himself wanting to save the contractions not wanting to save the contractions yeah. wanting to be with marcy not wanting to be with you know it's just like this constant back and forth uh with his characters like what so what what was the what why what were you trying to do mr matlow with this character what what was the end end game that you had in mind? Was it just yeah. to was it just to get him out into space? I I don't know. It's 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 so weird, but but it but in a way, I I still think it works. You know, it's just like this this mishmash of stuff with a character I had knew nothing about. You know, because when when I uh, that was one of the appeals of this of this miniseries to me was like I I I think I saw this character one time in the one panel he appears in the contest of champions that that miniseries that preceded this because right. i i actually i read that one of my friends was collecting that 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 miniseries when it was first coming out and i read those issues um but you know he it's such a minor appearance i think the only other thing that i ever read the jack of hearts in was his appearance in the uh, official handbook of the of the marvel universe and he's got he's got a, a whole page to himself in here. This long explanation of his wow. history and powers, and yeah, you know. And so it's like, well, you know, that's a that's a really interesting design. I'm sure I thought back then, and and contributed to, like I said, why I wanted to get this this miniseries in the first place. That cover that we talked about. Um, but I knew I knew nothing of this character, and then coming into this miniseries. It was like, what am I reading? How is this interest? How is this important? Why am I interested? But yet I'm I'm conflicted about certain uh, how it's constructed the story and and the characterizations. It's like I said, it's it's a mishmash. <laughs> well, if I had stopped at issue one, I would have thought I was not interested in the Jack of Hearts. Mm -hmm. But issue two got very interesting. But it took an incredible left turn. I mean, we've already told what that left turn is, but. You know, here you had just this overpowered, you know, experiment gone wrong. Kid gets superpowers and it goes bad and everyone wants to steal his powers and stuff. And then it's revealed his girlfriend's an alien. I was just going to show that too. <laughs> and, uh, and then we get a whole sort of mythos, you know, kind of like Krypton, Krypton in my opinion. Yeah. Of this world, this advanced peaceful philosophical world that he comes from and their their attempt to solve their problem uh the crazy idea that there was no habitable planets in the galaxy or universe that they can move to where they wouldn't have to kill off the previous inhabitants <laughs> exactly see again it's it's like trying to hammer that square peg into a right. round hole just to fit the plot to fit this grand idea he has yeah yeah and uh 
I think that, and George Freeman, to me, his art really comes together when just uh, doing the alien world and all the alien clothing and stuff. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. It seems like he had a, I, I'm assuming he had a, a fun time designing right. this world, its people um, uh, to, you know, to somehow match the philosophy of, because it's, uh, I, I like your your comparison to like Krypton uh, in terms of like you know a dying a dying race a dying sun that kind of a thing, um, but it's it's a it's a it's a it appears to be a matriarchal society because the the right. leadership resides with these uh, so called sun priestesses exactly and they're all they have a very strong philosophy that really guides their planet. Yeah, in terms of not never hurting anyone else for their own sake. But but then, <laughs> when the chips are down, you know, as 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 we often discover in our own uh, uh, psychological makeup, uh, when it appears things are really bad, there's some they, people willing to do bad things. Yeah, they they they, uh, you know, it's not quite clear, but it seems like the you know the quote unquote majority. Of the people in uh, on Contraxia are willing to just uh, ignore that that moral and ethical makeup that that well, we had introduced to it originally. At the point of issue two, it's just a small minority, right? It's only in the, later issues, right? Yeah. The sur- the survivalists, um, which is right. you mentioned him before, the Commander Varga. Varga, oh right, that's his mm-hmm. name. and and he is and associated- he wants he wants to do. He initially he wants to let's conquer another planet and take it over, but when the priestesses tell him not to, he he agrees. You're right. We have to do it the honorable way. Yeah, he's he's he, you know, he's concerned about him obviously himself, but you know the future of his people. But he's still a moral character, right. unlike unlike Mister Smythe. Because right. I'll just there I'll they just are say together. <laughs> yeah, there we go. Which which is an, another weird thing, um, you know, so that we we actually had. Two Contraxians on Earth, Marcy and Smythe, right. uh, and, and his and Hart's fa- uh, Hart's mother. Uh, Hart's mother, you're right. Um, but they're, of course, they're they're dead at this She's point. Dead, right. Um, so this has been going on for twenty years plus. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but uh, uh, Smythe is definitely on the you know screw everybody else as long as we survive uh, right. camp, and so. And well, he's and actually I'm also Smythe is also going to take this opportunity to gain power. Yeah, exactly. Right. Um, uh, yeah. So he's 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 I think he's he's actually the bad guy. He's the, he's the villain guy, right? of the piece. Yeah. Varga is a uh, he's an he's an antagonist in the story. But and that was clever. How first himself. we think Varga is the bad guy. And then we re- slowly realize that Smythe mm-hmm. or whatever his real name is, is the bad mm-hmm. guy. Well, it, this I think you just showed this, but, but the way that, yeah, that, that, that two, that those two panels there, the way that it, you know, Varga is, uh, his face is, uh, somewhat in shadow and it, it's, it's really menacing. It, it looks very yeah. menacing. So that, you know, the artist did a great job of trying to convey to the reader, you know, yeah, this is the bad guy right here. <laughs> right. And at first when he's in a suit in his earthling guys, he just seems like some kind of, you know, greedy lawyer, and then slowly becomes more <laughs> menacing. So you can see that uh, in issue two, you can see a grand space opera mm-hmm. 
in the opera, truly operatic sense that is in Bill Mantelow's mind that is struggling to come out. Yeah. And yeah. these Shakespearean characters with their moral conundrums and stuff. <laughs> yes. I don't think Bill Mantelow has the ability to make a character go from one state to another. He just sort of forces it to happen. Mm -hmm. uh, maybe because of the limits of, you know, the way comics were created at the time in part. Well, and, and also the fact that this is four issues. I was just thinking, right. um, I, and I totally agree with you. Your, your assessment of this, the, the Shakespearean operatic quality here, he's really going, he's reaching for it. He's trying, he's reaching, yeah, but he doesn't quite have the chops, right? Yeah. But maybe, uh, if this had been a 12 issue miniseries, uh, or even an ongoing that, you know, maybe got cut short, whatever, uh, as, as things often do these days, but, uh, maybe with that space to play with that, the, the, the plot, the characterization, the buildup, the, the world building had, had he, the, the canvas, the larger canvas to play with, maybe he would have been a little more successful. Maybe I half agree with you and half don't because <laughs> Despite this only being four issues, it feels like it goes around in circles. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> it's like circling its theme three or four times instead of getting <laughs> it right once. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So it almost feels like if, if, if comics were written in a slower way where he did multiple drafts first and came back and said, wait a minute, I can pare down what happened in issue one to the first 10 pages and then start developing my opera, my uh, Shakespearean characters a little bit in issue one, and then push them a little bit further. And you know what I mean? It, it, instead, it's like he's stirring up all these ideas, but hasn't had. I mean, we're we've both written fiction at different times in our lives, and I don't know how it works for you, but often for me, it's you know draft five where things really start clicking. Mm -hmm. But comic books were written. You wrote your first issue of this four issue story in one month and it was produced and then you started working on the next issue. Mm. Um, so there's not really that there might've been drafts in the sense of drafts for his plot summaries for the artist, but um, there's not a full rewriting opportunity for rewriting there. Well, and, and who knows, you know, how much did Jim Shooter play into this? Um, right. You know, he, he was, he's, he's famously mercurial. Um, right. And, and, and uh, and writers often talk about having to kind of change things because yeah. of what comes back in the art. Oh yeah, for sure. That, that definitely that. So yeah, that, that's a, that's a good point. Damien. did, did, uh, did Freeman just kind of look at, uh, whatever Matt Lowe's plot was and decide, mm, I'm going to, I'm going to go this way a little bit. Right. And then, you know, at that point they don't have a choice. If, 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 if you got a, you got this book on the schedule and back then, especially when shooter was in charge, you hit your dates. Right. And, right. and so, you know, uh, Matlow didn't have a chance to, you know, they, or they didn't have a chance to revise anything like they may have wanted to, uh, and, you know, salt total, total speculation, uh, speculation on my part, but it, I, I could totally see something like that happening. It's like, well, I'm going to, I'm going to draw this cause this is what interests me. And then Matlow had to come in and make the plot work through the dialogue right. that he would add. But I'm, yeah, and I'm guessing just the whole process leads to a, a, you know, shirt tail kind of, what's the right term? But the, you know, doing it as you go along. Mm. You write a plot that you hope's pretty good, and then you'll see what the artist does, and then you'll <laughs> refine the story. Yeah. And that's certainly how Jack Kirby, I mean, Stan Lee did it. Um, to whatever extent he wrote a plot, he then 
mostly made up a story based on the art that came back. But I don't, I don't, I don't know very much about Mil Bill Manilow or about George Freeman, other than what his art looks like. Mm -hmm. But I certainly got more, much more excited about the story at this point because I'm a, and I connected to the Krypton kind of side of it because I'm a big fan of the Superman mythos, mm -hmm. and so. I, I had a lot more um, excitement by the as, as uh, issue two unfolded, and it is kind of it is kind of this cool, creepy thing to think your girlfriend was an alien sent to watch you all along. Well, if J if uh, Jack didn't have trust issues uh, at that right. point, he probably does now. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and I, so. Uh, I don't know if we're going to skip on to three, but I just want to point out um, since we're still talking about two I, and the art, generally speaking, I love this, this construction here towards the end of, of issue mm -hmm. two um, with, with uh, I think this is Jack. Yeah. Jack here. Are we looking down on earth or on his new planet? No, this is, this is still on earth. Still um, earth yeah. Uh, yeah, he says, uh, uh, Jack gives chase, uh, the, the, he's chasing Varga in, in the, the saucers, the flying saucers. He catches them over the great main woods and delivers his retribution. This, this is that, that kind of purplish prose that we were talking about. He, then right. he delivers his retribution, his revenge consuming the saucers, but vast tracts of wilderness as well. And a cataclysmic conflagration. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. Right. And he's a he's a very careless character. I mean, in the first issue, he destroyed a bridge by accident and knocked a plane off course. Um, and who knows what he's doing, destroying woods. Yeah, and, th and then and, and then what he what he does in issue four, at, towards the end of that issue. So we'll we'll, right. have, we'll have to get to that. And the the issue two, I'm sorry, issue three. I think I'm even more in love with. There. Now we go to the alien planet. Yes. And uh, I'm just in love with the way uh, Freeman draw drew all that. This is the issue that I really started. That the art started to click for me. Mm -hmm. um, it seems more consistent in terms of the 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 faces um right. you, get, you get to see the designs that uh freeman was coming up with um jack even appears in a different suit uh that's not his his uh his jack of hearts armor um and and also we get to see uh it's not just his face that is let's see here oh that's bicolored yeah so hmm, i lost the page now but I'm anyway, just showing pages that look nice to me, but yeah, keep, keep talking. Um, uh, so yeah, it's just it's just that that uh, that that world design, that world building that they're doing. See, Damien, that well, there that, he is out of uniform. So to speak. yes, that that middle panel there that you're showing, that's where I really got a Ditko vibe. From, uh, yeah, from, definitely. That is from uh, Freeman. So I'm sure there's a lot of Ditko influence in here. You're you know, once you mentioned that, I saw that. Um, I like that face there. I yeah, will say I, I kind of wish, you know, Manilow would explore a little more the alien culture and stuff. But again, maybe that would be if, you know, he had a 12 issue. Or, you know, a, a volume two of the, <laughs> the right. series, you know, because some of the some of these miniseries did get sequels. Uh, I'm thinking of like like Hercules oh, um, yeah. uh, got a couple. 
So, but here, here's a, here's a, a, a example of, I, I mentioned something about the coloring and, um, mm -hmm. my dissatisfaction with some of it. So we get, this is an issue three. Uh, we get these, these, uh, flashbacks to earlier times on contraxia and I get coloring them in a different way to, to denote that. But right. what we get here is this, again, it's, it's a nice symmetry because it's purpley yeah. and, and, you know, they're half purple ish, but I feel like that the colors here really detract from the art together in a way. Yeah. Because, yeah. It really covers up what I think is really good line and ink work here. The colorist here in general was pushing the palette in ways you didn't see too often in, during these simpler days of printing. That is true. That is true. And, and at times it works and at times it ends up like that, I think. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Here's, here's um, a good, this is what, page three, I think. Uh, talk about the colors. Yeah. You know, like that's a lot, of, of, a lot of stuff think, going on there on the page. Yeah. He makes some uh, more pastel colors, pink pinks and things like that, that you mm -hmm. don't normally see. Well, and especially um, associated with, you know, male superheroes. That's right. <laughs> not something that you would normally see. Yeah. But but there, there are just limits to what works, um, which is why most coloring back then kind of all look the same. Yeah. Very simple, basic colors. Yeah. I like this fight scene. You also get, uh, oh, here's, I'm sorry. Here's, here's that, the, the panel I was looking for to show, um, Jack and his dual color coloration, oh, yeah. I guess. That's a good, uh, I, I missed that. I missed noticing that. And, and, uh, you get these and it's on the same panel, but the, uh, the page before you get that weird medieval look to the contractions, <laughs> you know, you, you, you get it with right. Varga here on the cover too. Um, you know, he yeah. looks like you said, Shakespearean, uh, yeah, but you know, this re you know, right. perhaps it's reminds me of King Lear or I don't know, even version of medieval dress. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, you know, maybe even Norse Nordic, mm -hmm. you know, I, I see bits of, of, of Asgard in this design. Right. Yes. Um, but yeah, it's, it's this <laughs> weird blend of, of time periods for uh, this alien race, but you know, it's, it's comics. Yeah. <laughs> And it's it's in this issue that um, after he's decided to, even though he's learned that he will die in the process of reviving their son, he has decided to go ahead and do it. That because he's he, then attacked by the survivalists, and and he decides. Uh, it's important, I think, to note is he decides because he he's in love with Marcy, right. Somewhere along the line, I can't remember where Marcy says, "Well, I was sent just to spy on you." But I really did fall in love with you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, much like uh, Jack's mother did with his father. Right. Those contraction women, they just fall in love with us Earthmen all the time. <laughs> There's something appealing <laughs> about us, Damien. Come on. When's a beautiful <laughs> alien going to be sent to spy on you? Maybe your wife will turn out to be alien someday. <laughs> uh, mm -hmm. <laughs> Don't tell her I said she <laughs> Um. Yeah, and that's another thing that just sort of threw me off again. But it doesn't, it's such a minor thing. I don't know why it bothers me that, you know, she loved him, he loved her. They broke up for some reason 
it just doesn't fit. But it, it, I guess it just makes it all more in that operatic kind of thing. Yeah, soap opera esque. Yeah. So, and it's it's in issue three that we're finally revealed that uh, uh, Smythe or whatever his real alien name is is truly evil, and he, while while Varga's fighting his battle, he goes off and kills the priestesses. Mm, mm-hmm. um, it, yeah, the, to the then original- blame it on on our hero, yeah, on Jack, yeah. yeah. And that seems, you know, in the context of this world, particularly horrific. You know, it's killing the people who well, lead the whole planet for peace uh, and sorry. wisdom. Um, there, uh, Varga has a hard time with it. I mean, you can, you can look in that right. middle panel there. Uh, his downcast eyes. He yes. does not. He does not agree with that, obviously. And yeah. uh, this, this is when things start to turn for that character. Right, and they, but he doesn't speak up. Right, um, Smythe declares um, Jack as the murderer of of the these. Uh, it's almost like murdering Mother Teresa or something, mm-hmm. you know, like a pack of Mother Teresas. And so that's when the people of the planet, or at least the people who happen to be gathered in the courtyard at the moment, vote to send him to his death. Again, without anyone realizing he had agreed to go to his death. Well, he he does tell he does tell them, and no uh, one listens. I but guess. no, yeah, uh, as 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 the Contraxians say, it is inconceivable that a Contraxian would slay a Contraxian. The Jack of Hearts must be the murderer, right? Yeah, it would have it would have been interesting to give us more clues about Smythe and how he's become so corrupted on this planet where everyone is sure they're incorruptible. Well, it, it, it begs the question, it begs the question for me, how long, how long lived are these people and right. how long has this, uh, the, 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 how long has their son been dying? Um, yes. because it seems to, it seems to suggest that, that they are long lived. This has been going on for a long time. I mean, you know, obviously, uh, uh, a son just doesn't, uh, just doesn't start to cool off and and uh, <laughs> in the way I kind of in the way I think in the kind right. of the way that they're described in, they're, in the they're real world it. it would take millions of years yeah million millions or billions years right cooling. <laughs> anyway um, again you know it's comic book science so right. but 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 uh, you know it seems like that they they have been dealing with this for a very long time and that would I think would allow for the um, uh, development of these survivalists. Uh, and their creed that is so counter to, at least, you know, from what we've been told, counter to the rest of their society. Right. Well, it may be the first time in a really long time their society is faced with these kinds of choices mm-hmm. of, li- you know, to live, we must kill other people. Mm-hmm. Um, the uh, issue four kind of gives away a lot because we get a kind of phoenix like image <laughs> I was of our s- hero coming out of the sun. <laughs> yeah, it it uh, it cer- certainly is leading uh, leading the uh, the message here the, or the ending. <laughs> but how it plays out, I suppose, um, is still a mystery until you read the issue. Um, Jack is strapped into a ship and launched at the sun. I don't know. 
well, they don't, again, it's comic books and it's a hastily written kind of thing, but I don't know how being strapped into a ship is, if you have the power to revive the sun will actually cause you to revive the sun. Well, I think yeah. in issue three, will the ship the, draw the power out of Yeah, I, I think he says, yeah, the, the next to last page in issue three, um, he says something. Yeah, your your uh, Varga is talking to him. Uh, your power channeled into its system so that it will be automatically unleashed once you enter orbit around the sun. Jack says, "So I become a living solar transfusion, huh?" Right. Right. The modified probe ship. Mm hmm. <laughs> but so the big action of this issue. It, well, the two big things is it turns out that uh, evil Smythe has put Marcy into the ship too, so she will die along with him. Mm -hmm. Because at first he's saying, well, I I may die and I hate the contractions now, but at least I'll save Marcy. Right. And then Marcy's on the ship too, so then there's nothing he wants to save left on the planet. And yeah, and I just to be clear, uh, um, Smythe put Marcy on the the ship because she was a witness to him to his murder crime. to his crime right. exactly. Right, that's true. Yeah, that all that fits together neatly actually. Um, and we get a lot of arguing between Smythe and Varga, and then the big turn is when Varga decides he can't. He can't, he can't, um, yeah, do this dishonorable thing after all. <laughs> I, I love that page. I, I, I just showed it as you were talking mm -hmm. just a second ago, Damon. I, the, this one. the, yeah, the colors, the construction, um, the, the, the pairing of the two Varga and Smythe there, as you're showing too. I, that's, a, that's a really good page. That, that, that does, that does its job really well. Right. Yeah. I think Freeman really grew during the course of these four issues and, uh, the, this, the last two issues are just really stunning. Well, and, and notice um, there are three three inkers on this issue. It's oh yeah, Freeman, Barda, and Barreto. And so that page that we just showed has a different look to it than than the, the even the previous page. Mm -hmm. So uh, I you know I I don't I don't. You're think... right. That's a different inking style for sure on yeah. this page here. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, and we'll never know who inked what, but <laughs> but you can sort of recognize Freeman's inking style. So that's either Barta or um, mm -hmm. or Barreto. Yeah, I, so I guess things probably were getting very rushed, and maybe that's why Freeman switched to being more of an inker in the future after this because maybe he just wasn't as fast enough for the comic industry mm. at the time. Yeah, that could be. I like, I like these, uh, these couple pages here, uh, as, as uh, Jack of hearts gets to closer to the sun, just mm -hmm. again, again, the, the, the construction of the images, the colors, yeah. uh, the next page here, uh, you know, it's just a big, big red circle, but that's, that's a, that's a pretty striking image, uh, with, with, uh, Jack overlapping, the sun that he's plummeting yeah. towards. That's really cool. Yeah. So now uh, Varga gets his Shakespearean end where he <laughs> sacrifices himself at last after having made all the wrong decisions and been a total jerk and dick the whole time. Yeah. 
Yeah. You and know, I thought he was killed by Smythe, but then he. Well, I, I, I took that to Smythe mean. Smythe stabbed him with a sword and mm -hmm. shot him in, into space on a spaceship. Mm -hmm. Again, kind of convenient for the plot. Yeah. Um, that the bad guy decides to shoot you into space. But. It, it, uh, I took that to mean that uh, Smythe had mortally wounded Varga um, in that attack. And, right. you know, he, he was going to die anyway, but. So now that I'm going to die anyway, I'm going to make a heroic sacrifice, I guess. That makes him less heroic. Well, And conveniently, I, his ship is still working, so he puts Marcy <laughs> in his ship so she will live. Yep. And he will die. Which then, again, going back to Jack's uh, vacillating personality, now he's back to, well, I'm, uh, I'm, going, to, I'm going to save Contraxia. Mar to, to save Marcy. He's also, I think, a little bit inspired by Varga's change of heart. Right. Uh, and so he decides he's going to go ahead and go through with, with trying to save the Contraxian son. Yeah. Which I thought was a nice bit of, finally, some movement uh, on, on uh, Jack's character. But, that, but we're not done with him yet. Right. And so... The ship seems to disappear, and then he dives into the sun personally. So mm -hmm. the ship may not have done its job, even if... I don't know. That's not important. <laughs> and here's where it gets super vague. I mean, he goes into the sun, I guess, and something happens. Yes, he, as it says here, and then summoning every iota of his incredible, incalculable energy, he lets that power pour forth, Prometheus reversed, bringing fire back to a dying sun. <laughs> I bet Manilow is waiting a long time to say Prometheus reversed. That's uh -huh. actually a good line. <laughs> uh-huh. It is. It, it very much is. So it's like, when, you know, when, when you come up with, as, as a writer, when you come up with, with these really cool lines or bits of dialogue or whatever, and they say, you know, kill your darlings. He didn't kill that darling. Right. <laughs> And then we see we see that the snow is melting on. It, it heats up the planet very quickly. Well, Hopefully, the planet won't get too hot. See, that's the, so that that's what I was referring to. Uh, you know, we're not done with Jack yet because he comes right. back to Contraxe. He's he's basically uh, a, a a human sized sun at this point. Right. Um, you know, he he does he he saves the sun. He he uh, uh, flies out of it. You know, as as the cover suggested. Uh, you know, reborn in a in a sense, uh, a, a phoenix here right. uh, he, takes he care, destroys a whole armada of spaceships, mm -hmm. sort of just by shrugging his shoulders, practically. Yeah. yeah, what does it say? He pays the survivalists no heed, feels no anger toward them, no desire for vengeance, and no pity when the incredible heat he generates incinerates them out of existence in the dark and cold void exactly so yeah he and and then he continues on to contraxia on the next page uh and causes tidal waves and yeah yeah uh he is not again he but he is not concerned the jack of hearts right. is beyond such things now and manilo doesn't make it clear whether i mean obviously lots of people would be killed during that but he uh, although he makes it very clear the the survivalists on the spaceship are burned up he doesn't well, so much there, there is that panel uh, in the flood. It does say sweeping away the cities of those yeah. who sought to sacrifice him. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And there's, there's that panel. You see people drowning or, or about to, but yeah. Um, 
and and the and the panel above that, Damien, you know, no one, uh, one does or, or the the few panels, one does not soar into the heart of a seething sun and emerge unchanged. So I, I, I guess, you right. know, that that somehow transforms Jack into this thing. No one emerges more like a force of nature, a primal being, and we mentioned this before, more like a dot 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 god. Right. Yeah, and the, I guess suppose the god of the type that just views regular lives as ants or something and doesn't. Yeah, so he's he's actually they're not emphasizing it too much, but he probably killed millions of people. Mm -hmm. uh, he'd he'd have and there's to. There's some survivors in the high mountains who he comes to, like an Old Testament kind of <laughs> god, I guess. Exactly, exactly. Instead of a flaming bush, it's a flaming jack of hearts. <laughs> <laughs> And it's and it's unclear on that page, you know, because we we're getting the dial not dialogue. We're getting caption boxes um, from the point of view of the Contraxians gathered there, right? Uh, and they're wondering, you know, is he there to to enact revenge on what they did to right. him? But then Marcy calls out to him, and uh, you know, says, "Forgive them, my love, for they they knew not what they did," which. Does that comes great. out of the Bible, right? It comes very. It sounds very biblical, doesn't it? Right. That's what um, Jesus says when he's on the cross. Ah, yes. He doesn't say "forgive them, my love," but he says "forgive them, my Lord or my Father." Right. Or they know not what they do. Yeah. So, <laughs> but it's this is like Jesus comes back and kills almost everybody on earth. <laughs> yeah. It, it, it's it, like it's a weird, uh, weird blending of these uh, God myths. And and did you notice? So I'm gonna show this page here. This we see all these dialogue boxes shown from a distance, but right. this is Jack talking. And notice the dialogue boxes are this really thick uh, border around them, right? It's his because, God voice. Yes, his exactly his God voice. I mean, at this point, his crimes are worse than theirs. I think. Mm. But he said, well, because of what they've done, you and I can never be together. My powers become an unbridgeable gulf between us. Because they wanted to live at any price, our love must die. Yeah. You know, I, I'm embarrassed to say I didn't, read because they just did it in a small panel, I didn't register how many people on this planet were actually killed. <laughs> it makes him seem a lot worse. <laughs> Well, but consistent because, you know, in the previous issues, right. uh, as we've discussed, you know, he uh, in his uh, tantrums um, right. and and uh, his his fights with the aliens, uh, he he is a, a destructive force. He is he is un, uh, unto a God in that way because he right. he just he, he, he doesn't do it maliciously. Um, he he just is. Yeah, he's like he's now at the level of one of those beings like Galactus or whatever that the mm. Fantastic Four would fight while without saying he's actually evil because he's beyond that. <laughs> right, right. He, well, you know, like it's, it even says, you know, he's a he, he's a force of nature now. He's not yeah. he's not human. He's not necessarily morally responsible for what happens around him. But right. I don't know. That's that's a really that's a really hard argument to yeah. to to win me over with. Well, now I want to, so that he was in Marvel team up after this. It's hard to imagine. <laughs> I want to track that down. I well, love no, this uh, panel as he says goodbye to the planet. That's, 
that's like oh yeah that's the george freeman art i like you're right yeah. the george freeman is quite inconsistent and this issue because it was inked by many people and probably drawn in a rush has great panels and weaker ones but well so you know so yeah this is him leaving uh and then the the final the, the final caption is the the cool healing vastness of space beckons calling out to a young man with the power to accomplish almost anything but but mend a broken heart the end <laughs> and then then he goes off to do to to do the 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 space opera cosmic stuff because um after this he appears in some quasar issues and then silver oh, surfer oh okay it seems like Manilow wants to create his own kind of silver surfer type of character. Mm -hmm. Maybe if it had sold more, maybe we would have seen a continuation of Jack of hearts in his own series. Yeah. The, the one thing that um, I also meant to track down, but, but didn't is that, so, you know, he's kind of off in space um, uh, doing his cosmic thing. What I don't know uh, based on this uh super mega monkeys page so there was oh and in in 94 he was in this this miniseries that i never heard of before maybe you have cosmic powers i haven't heard of that yeah so i have no idea what that's about um but he's in it uh and then i don't know what happened between 94 and then the avengers disassembled storyline that bendis wrote where a um, a uh, a zombie like Jack of Hearts appears at Avengers Mansion and then huh. blows it up, <laughs> killing a bunch of Avengers. I think Hawkeye was one of those that ended up dead at that point. Um, and that was that was probably besides seeing Jack of Hearts in that one panel in Contest of Champions and seeing him in the his entry in Ohatmu, me seeing him. Uh, in event in that Avengers disassembled story was probably the first time I've I had or well I guess technically the second that I'd seen him in a story and he wasn't even you know you know his true self because he was this this uh, uh, Scarlet Witch um, uh, resurrected zombie bomb <laughs> <laughs> that that blew up the Avengers so it's such a weird positioning yes. of this character within the marvel universe they, they they have no idea what to do with him but but he keeps popping up you know what i picture that this is written by a talented but overreaching 19 year old who recently had his first really big heartbreak and oh. he wanted to be like shakespeare and he wanted to be like stanley and jack kirby and create the fantastic <laughs> uh create the silver surfer or galactus type character and and throw in a little bit of, you know, Krypton <laughs> stuff. Yeah, cosmic world building. Because that whole, oh, it's so tragic, the love that could not be. And I've destroyed a whole world, and that's not nearly as important as the fact that this heartache happened. <laughs> mm -hmm. Well, it, it's funny you say that, too, because uh, I don't think we've mentioned this yet. Um, in that Marvel team-up issue that preceded this miniseries, Mm -hmm. uh, it's revealed in flashback panels that Jack is apparently quite the, uh, the poet, which is how uh -huh. he wins Marcy over by, uh -huh. he wrote, he wrote her a poem and she read it and she's like, Oh, I love you. <laughs> <laughs> Works every time. <laughs> I'm right. Well, it's a lot of, it was a lot of fun. I mean, I'm really glad I read it and got it. Um, after getting through issue one, really, I, 
despite its all its flaws and its silliness. It does seem to me that there's a lot of good potential here. You mm. probably need to develop each of the characters who goes through a change. And then, you know, because the Varga and Marcy and Smythe, I think, are all kind of important in what their motivations were. Mm -hmm. Here I am. I'm, I'm writer workshopping a story written <laughs> 30 years ago. Or That's right. More. I do that all the time. <laughs> so what have you got coming up in plans for podcasts? Do you have any in the, in the folders that you're thinking of putting out? Or are you put out everything that you've recorded? I, ha I have uh, released everything that I recorded, including my last episode uh, at the time of uh, our discussion. It was my favorites of 2020 episode. So I, uh, yeah. that was back a good at, one. I, lo I love when you do that. Oh, thank you. Um, but uh, next up is uh, I, I want to do, uh, actually, uh, this, is, this is the weekend as we are talking. And um, I have taken notes to record uh, a new uh, the gutters, which is my audio journal podcast. And, uh, then I've got, uh, a few, uh, pool list, uh, reviews for the comics that I'm reading currently. Oh, cool. Um, uh, inspired in part by, by, uh, something you said to me, uh, on Twitter, uh, some, some months ago. So I, I, I get to do that, uh, for the months of February and March. So I'm a little behind <laughs> and so of course that will give us a peek at what you're still getting in individual issues. Yeah. Yep. Mm -hmm. And then also, you know, trades as well that I'm, that I'm, I'm reading that I ha happen to have read oh, and, and digital comics too. Cause I'm including that in, in, in my pull list. Are you throwing them all in the same pot? All in, yep. Just whatever I've read that month, I'll talk about most, if not all uh, of stuff. And then of course, um, uh, Peter Rios and I have a, a couple, um, uh, plans for uh, the Legion project that, that, that we're doing together. Okay, well, thanks a lot for coming on, Eric. Thank you. Uh, we have chatted nearly two hours. Oh, yes. So people on YouTube will have a lot to listen to. <laughs> and I'll probably chop out the part where we talk about Jack of Hearts and throw that up on Never Stay Dead if it's okay with uh, mm. Matt. Okay. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye, Damien.